peace and light, y'all. You are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things regarding self-development and bettering your spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody who's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now before we get started, you know I have to um, thank you all for listening, as we normally start off our episodes with a note of gratitude. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to lend me your ears for about an hour or so once a week, and I really appreciate that. This week's episode is from my trip from California. I've barely been back a week. I was out there for two weeks. And I went to the beach a few times and um, there was one particular time where I went completely solo and I went to a beach out in Malibu. It was really beautiful. I'd never been to this particular beach before and I recorded it. And for those who are familiar with my beach wisdom series, I did one in St. Thomas at the beach. (laughs) So me going to the beach, like I said in my previous beach wisdom episode, I take my mic I look crazy for a few hours and I just basically talk about what's on my heart um, right then and there in that moment. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it's basically, you know, it's basically life and what we go through and what I've learned, whether it was firsthand or whether it's through witnessing my loved one's experience or, you know, not so loved one's experiences. So, um, yeah, everything that was on my heart for the past you know, hour and some change that I was on the beach. So with that being said, here's Beach Wisdom, part two. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl podcast. I don't know if you guys can hear the waves crashing, but we are back at the beach. So it is another Beach Wisdom episode. But the difference is we are not at the ancestral home um, beach. We are at the future home beach, which I am at um, a beach in Malibu. I found a new favorite, so I don't want to share it just yet. <laughs> but um, I came here a couple years ago with a friend of mine, and I fell in love with the beaches here in Malibu that I decided to pick one of my own. And one thing I noticed about this beach that's different than the other beaches that I've been to in St. Thomas and St. Croix is that these waves are very, very violent. Like They crash really, really hard. So um, it's been an interesting dynamic. Either way, I feel good. For those who um, may not be familiar with the podcast and things like that I like to come to the beach and reflect and release and I'm currently doing this on the day of the Capricorn new moon since I'm on the west coast it should be moving into Capricorn at 9:53 tonight I got a couple of hours before this happens so I've just been taking in all the good energy um for those who might follow 13 sign astrology for y'all I think the moon might be in Sag which is cool y'all can do y'all thing you know different shows for different folks what resonates with you is what resonates with you. I actually am working on doing a series with 13 Sign Astrology with two women um, who actually practice tropical and then who also practice um, 13 Sign. So those who might be curious about 13 Sign or tropical, whichever one they practice, they can have two perspectives. Um, I'm definitely a firm believer in figuring out what works for you, what may work for me, which which is currently Western Astrology, may not work for you. So I'm always into providing different perspectives so people can... Um, be exposed to different things and again make the choice as to what works again as my platform is definitely based and also my life is definitely based on choice um what's on my heart right now hmm usually my beach wisdom if you're not familiar is just me at the beach and I just speak what's on my mind um I'm not really sure why we like our celebrities or our leaders or our uh public figures I guess I don't know why we like them to be perfect because it's definitely not realistic there is no perfection on earth it ain't within you so why would you expect it in someone else you know what I'm saying like I notice that sometimes people say things and we get disappointed because we've attached ourselves to them in some way shape or form whether they're relatable or whether we're friends with them or whether they've gotten us their art or their expression has gotten us or advice has gotten us through a tough time but these people are also figuring things out just like we are I don't think it's really fair to to us or them to put a, a type of expectation of perfection onto them. I think, and when they disappoint us, they end up, you know, it's, it's all a shock and a surprise. Like Kanye West, like people were so upset with him, and um, I think people realize that Kanye is, is his own man. He might have appeared to be a representative for a group, 
I'm not even saying like on a racial standpoint, I'm just a group of people. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's his own man. He, he's a whole husband. He's a father. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not. We got to stop expecting people to be our representative. We need to be our representative. We need to represent ourselves the best way we can. Um, so that's one thing that's on my heart. What's another thing that's on my heart? Hmm. Being solo is actually a lot of fun. It can be lonely sometimes, but it's definitely fun. And when I say solo, I mean going on the journey by yourself. Like, it comes off very intimidating, and it is definitely overwhelming. Even I have my moments where um, it can be a bit much. But I realize that, you know, we can't depend on us to have a partner all the time in this journey. And I think with me being so used to having partners, whether it was siblings, whether it was relationships, whether it was friends, actually being able to forge it alone is actually a beautiful thing. I think it shows a great test of strength. Not saying that you need to test, you know, I'm not saying if you can't do it alone, you're not strong. Well, hmm, am I saying that? Hmm, maybe I should only speak from my own experience. I don't want anybody to, I really don't want to judge anybody based on my own experience. But I know for me, it's been a great test of strength to, to be able to do a lot of things solo on the journey of self-development and discovery and process that alone and, and come to my own conclusions and my own realizations alone. So it's been really dope. What else is on my heart? Hmm. It's not really anything I'm going through right now, but I've been having the discussion of mystery when it comes to getting to know people, whether it's romantically or otherwise. And I remember um, the person I was discussing it with liked a certain element of mystery. And I was like, I'm cool on that because it's a difference between reading. Like It's like a, it's like a book. It's so somebody's like reading a book, right? Sometimes books come in different languages. And sometimes people overly write the book in an unnecessary type of language to get the words across. It's almost like being fake deep, you feel me? And it's like, if a person makes their book that hard to read from a person who really would like to read it, and they purposely put in all these different types of um, spellings and these super words, like huge words, or different means of words that nobody um, really can identify with or can really relate to or interpret, it almost makes you want to put the book down. So I'm basically saying, for me, I, I've, with that discussion, I come to the realization that excess mystery is a turnoff for me. And... Um, I've noticed that that's kind of, I've thought about like the situations I've been in where, again, whether it's personal, whether it was a love interest, whether it was business, and I thought about the times where somebody's perceived excess mystery just seemed like it was too much. So I was like, fuck that, I'm putting this book back. I'll go pick another book off the shelf because um, I ain't got time to be sitting here straining my eyes, draining myself mentally trying to read a book that purposely made themselves be read this way. So, um, and when I say that, getting out of the whole, you know, metaphorical meaning of it. It's people that purposely shroud themselves in mystery. It's one thing to be a mysterious person. That's the energy you get off. We're talking about manufactured mystery, manufactured auras and vibes. And I think that's probably because I don't fool with manufactured shit. I think that's why. Like, it's something about a forced vibe or a forced uh, relationship or forced connection. That's a real turnoff to me. So I just don't like to force things. So I think that's why. Um, excess mystery is whack at the end of the day. It's a turn off. You know what? I love recording episodes on the beach because every time, <laughs> every time I be out here, I'll literally be out here with a mic just chilling and talking and people look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, what? You can't do, you can do other stuff besides swim and tan and take selfies and cool photo ops and shit on the beach. You can actually like journal, you can read, which I got three books in my bag right now. When I get done recording, you can actually record an episode if you want. You can record a video if you want. There's so many things you can do on the beach. You can eat on the beach, you know? I got my, I had my black rice vegan sushi, you feel me, from the Whole Foods. And, yo, I hate this. This is a side tangent. The Whole Foods in different parts of the United States are trash compared to California. And I say that because I can go to a Whole Foods in California. They got a nacho bar, got guac, got avocados and guacamole and you know, gluten-free chips and shit. They have a whole bunch of different options for vegans. They have, like, literally six or seven, eight different options for vegans that look like chicken salad and it's not a tuna salad or other things for us, right? Big variety of options. You take your ass over to the, the Whole Foods here in Atlanta, you're going to get three different types of brisket, four different types of barbecue sauce, two different types of mac and cheese, lots of carbs. It's just like, dang, like, how? why would it be Whole Foods if it's still the same food that can kill your ass? Not even from a meat perspective, because I'm not going to, 
be the the vegan police on this episode about that not ever but it's like even with like you know excess like fattening foods and carbs and and shit like that it's like is that like what's the point of it being it's not whole it's fat it's harmful so i thought that was interesting i love my whole foods out there uh, in my city but i need them to do better i need them to treat their whole foods out there like they do in california not saying that everybody in california is down for black rice sushi and vegan mock tuna but at least provide some other options that are um half-ass decent you know so that's another thing that i just kind of thought of while i've been here it's to the point where like the whole foods downtown they have a whole like hot bar like they always do here but they have like a bar next to it like as well it's it's really dope um what else Hmm, what else is on my heart? Oh, so by the time this episode airs, you would have heard the Christian Conversation um, episode with my partner Brandon, a.k.a. 10AK, a.k.a. Branduck. And that conversation, and I didn't go into it in much detail because um, I wanted to do a whole episode about it, but I think this might just be the one that, you know, be that's just the one that we just talked about it uh, today. But I, I did go to church on Sunday, the day of my meetup. That was the 24th. And I asked my girl, Boo, who's one of my best friends out here. I said, Boo, I go into this meetup. I wasn't whipping. I said, why don't you come with me to this meetup? She said, cool, but you got to go to church. And I know some of y'all probably like, oh, she shouldn't bribe you, blah, 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 blah. But what it was is that I remember her always telling me about her church and things like that. Now, my stance, if you've been following me, like truly following me, if you really know how I get down, my stance has never been fuck religion and fuck y'all who follow religion. It's never been like that. It's never been that hostile. Um, I've been turned off of church and off of religion for certain. Um, ooh, that's a loud wave. That was beautiful. Sorry, I just, I, this is a beautiful sight. It really is. But I was turned off of church and um, I even said numerous times if this journey were to lead me back into a church that's it not saying it's going to convert me back or reconvert me or whatever that i can say that i did it on my own terms meaning i made the choice to do it right or if i was led to it i made the choice versus something that had to be correct for the sake of you know it's just always being a thing since birth you know without question i should say i forget the philosopher that said it but an unexamined life is not worth living they're absolutely right so if I'm on my life and I'm examining it and living through my experience and making my mistakes and learning my lessons, even if it gets me back in the church, at least I can say again that I came to it myself. So with Boo, I say I heard her church isn't really like super duper. Um, how do I say it? Because now that we've had the conversation with Brandon, I can't even I can't even describe like that because it's inaccurate. But as long as it wasn't a situation where I felt like I couldn't be free, be me, I couldn't dress how I wanted to dress. Um, I didn't want to feel restricted, even though people can say, oh, religion is restrictive. To a degree, in terms of their guidelines, I understand that, and their customs, and their beliefs. But I basically say, as long as the message is more so leading with love more than anything else, I'm definitely open to it. Not to mention, I went to a mosque um, a month ago to an interfaith dinner that actually um, was a great discussion between a rabbi, a, a uh, minister, as well as two, two Muslims, Sunni and Shiite. So I said, you know what, I can open my mind up to that. And not to mention, my girl Boo isn't, I mean, I know Boo. So Boo isn't the kind of person that is super duper um, holier than thou. So I said, okay, I trust her. I'll, I'll follow through. So when I came through, I first, I went to Mosaic in Hollywood. And it's on the corner, I think, of Hollywood and La Brea, I think. And I saw a whole bunch of tubs up there. I said, actually, we walked up to baptism on the corner of Hollywood and La Brea. It's my dad in Hollywood. And I said, wow, interesting. So the way this church operates is it's more of a public faith. Like you have to declare, you know, like why be ashamed of, you know, being proud of what you believe in. Do it on the corner of one of the most busiest intersections in Los Angeles County. <laughs> so I understood that. I said, okay, I can respect that. Because even with my journey, I'm very proud of my, of my journey, being a woman that is on the journey, uh, just trying to figure it out, just like everybody else. And I pride myself on that. I pride myself being like everybody else. I, I say that damn near everywhere I go when somebody asks me about myself or spiritual homegirl. So I said, okay, I can respect that. They down with theirs. They proud of theirs. Cool. So I got to the church, and it was really, um, it was so cool because I had on my spiritual homegirl hoodie. It was a little chilly that morning. And I had on um, some Nike slides. 
<laughs> that's my usual lounge summertime wear. Well, anytime wear. I love my slides. And then I had on some jeans. I had on some hope earrings, you feel me? Had my hair all curly. I was just kind of, you know, chilling, mob wear. And everybody kind of was dressing their own funky way. Vans, Toms, Jordans, flip-flops, sandals, dresses, mini skirts, crop tops, shorts. Some might have dressed a little business casual, regular casual. So I said, okay, cool. Okay, well, this is a cool place. I can, you know, so far, the vibe is cool so far. And I noticed everybody was diverse. I'm not used to that. I'm from a city where there is diversity, but it's not necessarily diversity when it comes to different races of people. I'm from a city that's blackity black for the most part, and that diversity is within us being black people. And our churches reflect that, at least churches I've gone to. Um, I know there's some diverse uh, churches out there, but I know for the ones I've gone to, it's been very, like I said, majority black. It's kind of sort of Baptist based. Um, I know one church I went to changed their name actually to um, having a different non-denominational um, title, but it's another story. So I go there and it seems like, you know, I'm looking for the Bibles because, you know, I'm used to, again, them there being something. She said, no, it's not like that. It's cool. So preacher number one comes out after a couple of songs. I'm like, okay, same format, you know, a couple of praise and worship. She feel me. Got the one preacher to come out, might be the junior pastor. And then he says his peace and gives his love and high fives to everyone that's here and be happy you're here. And I'm high fiving, you know, being nice because I'm, it's not that I'm super duper overjoyed to be here, but I'm kind of like, hey, I'm happy to have a new experience. And not to mention partaking in the experience with one of my best friends. I trust her. So I know that she's not going to lead me into no bullshit. So I'm like, all right, I'm happy to see what, what I can learn here. So I end up seeing this very handsome, um, if I remember correctly, he's El Salvadorian. El Salvadorian, um, handsome, actually. Older, handsome preacher. <laughs> I know handsome ain't got nothing to do with it, but I was, I was kind of like, wow, okay. And I noticed that a lot of the church announcements, graphics had like, it was done like a music video quality. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's because... It's a it's a L.A. church, you feel me? Like, you know, with the image and Hollywood and everybody kind of doing something entertainment-related. Maybe that's what it is. So I said, it was pretty damn dope, though. <laughs> they visuals on point. Um, so the, the pastor gets up there and he talks about how his experience lately, this past couple of days, has been interesting on social media. And I've always thought the social media age is, is, a, is a, um, a beautiful mess. I don't want to say a gift and a curse. I've said that before, but I want to reframe it. It's a beautiful mess, meaning that people... You can stay connected to people far away. You can stay updated people's lives and the world around you. But then it's always that one motherfucker that want to troll. That one motherfucker that got something to say. Or you realize that everybody should have a platform. Or maybe they shouldn't have a platform. You know what I'm saying? Like it almost makes you question whether everybody deserves the right to free speech. Because they use it for some bullshit. So I said, okay. You know, um, apparently the preacher goes through it just like we do. And what he did was he discussed the issue with Trump's immigration policy. And how... And I know some of y'all, before y'all hear the bus come with me, oh, it, the immigration policy's been, well, he's getting attention for it now, so it's Trump's. All that shit going down is his mess as of right now, so. Anyway, so I know the whole situation with children being torn away from their families and things like that, and then people being deported and their families being separated. He actually, you know, again, being an immigrant or a, um, I think maybe a son of immigrant parents, either way. No, 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 he, was, he, is a, he is a first generation immigrant. So he was talking about how, you know, people need to understand and have more compassion towards these children and these families that are literally being torn apart and these children are being held in locations that people don't know um, the location or whether the children's safe and to the point where you're seeing proof again due to things like social media and there's um, activists and things like that that are showing that you can lose you know you, you, the government can take a kid but they don't really know where they are like they don't know like there's forms that are saying I don't know this child's location like that's pretty disappointing so rightfully so the, um, the preacher basically says, you know, let's have some more compassion. And, I mean, like, think about if it was happening to you. And he said he received a lot of virtual and hate. And um, he said he was kind of surprised. And he said he actually thought about, you know, it, it tested his humanity, I should say. And it made him wonder, you know, like, where the direction of um, society is going, culture is going, if, if we can't have love for our fellow people when it's a situation that everyone can relate to. Like family, the concept of family, the concept of togetherness. And having a solid unit, you know what I mean? And to see people attack him, he said, for um, for that, he had to kind of check himself. Because he was saying that, you know, and he went back to Christianity, he was saying that he doesn't like where the Christian faith is going itself either. He said that the Christian faith is a really bad rap. 
there's a lot of people doing a lot of bullshit in the name of Christianity. And he was saying that he didn't like that. He wanted the people that were followers of his church and the people in the room that day to continue to represent Christianity in a good way in terms of going forth, spreading love first and foremost, because that's what it's about. It's about love. And he was saying, you know, at the end of the day, Jesus was human as well. And I'm not gonna, I mean, I know some of y'all gonna be like, well, Jesus was just, just roll with me for the sake of this conversation. So he was talking about how Jesus wasn't perfect either, you know, and nobody's perfect. And, you know, people are gonna test that human side of us where, cause he said he was a trained fighter. And he named examples in his life where he low key wanted to slap the fire out of somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like Nipsey Hussle did last week, if y'all been following social media. But, you know, he said he's had to kind of check himself and um, realize that even, like, what did he say about Adam? He said the Bible talking about being a good person was offensive and intrusive to his journey as a human being. Because he said it was a lot of work. And it came off like the, the word didn't understand the times that we go through here on earth. And he was saying, you know, your humanity's tested all the time, all the time. And it's hard to turn your cheek, you know? You know, you want to slap them on the cheek, you know what I'm saying? Pop them one good time. And he was saying that we have to learn not to do that. And I remember thinking, even though this is a religious service, the message is very universal. Whether you're a school itself, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're, you know, Buddhist, whether you're into, you know, other facets of Christianity, the message that we all can relate to is love. So you know what? I actually could roll with that. And I actually was I was actually um, happy that he was able to admit it come correct about the fucked up uh, representation that Christianity has and how he knows that people need to do their part to change that perception. Because there's people like me and a lot of y'all who have hit me up and most of y'all have been Christian. Most of y'all. A couple of Muslims out there too. But 80% of y'all have been Christians who kind of just, you know, kind of need a break, whether it was temporary or permanently. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was actually a great message. Lead with love at the end of the day. Because honestly, it's almost the same thing I tell y'all. Not saying that I'm I'm coming from a Christian standpoint, but it's like, you know, I tell y'all all the time, don't give people that try you your energy. That shit ain't worth it. We could be out here spreading love versus, you know, entertaining people who don't give a fuck about us, period. They, what they do give a fuck about is whether they can bring us down to their level you can either, you know what I'm saying, sit on sit on the, you know, sit on your yoga cushion, sit on your beach, or you can go roll in the mud with somebody who don't give a fuck about where you at either way. They just need somebody to roll in the mud with them one good time. They just need somebody to be able to, to jump down with them so they can say, yo, I finally brought this hoe down to where she need to be, or this dude down where she need to be, or he need to be. Like, people think like that. How can I get under someone's skin today? And they're really miserable. That's some miserable-ass people. You, can, you cannot give them your energy. Even if you want to check them and politely read them or drag them for filth, um, you know, or even snatch them up one good time, that's what they want. They lack attention other ways, so they try to get it from you. You can't give it to them. So that was my church story. If I want to elaborate, I'll probably do so. I feel like I've been talking for a good bit of time, so um, who knows. <sighs> wow, what a relief. This beach is so calming even with the waves being as strong as they are like i've seen the the um the water kind of wash up maybe two feet where my towel is i'm chilling though we good i kind of like things like that just being near water makes me happy um what else is going on hmm oh so on my last Beach Wisdom, I told y'all a story about how things can go a certain way in your relationship with people, whether personal or business, and then something happens and then you realize that the dynamic has changed. You can never go back to that original dynamic. You can never go back to the way it was, right? So sometimes, like I said, my last Beach Wisdom episode, sometimes you got to go back and reframe or transform the bond or the love or the energy from that that initial bond into something that can benefit the both of you if you know you can't go back to the way things are so for those things it's um it's impossible i'll tell you a story that um well there's a lot of stories that inspired that that one thought but i'll, I'll pick one for the sake of illustration so remember when i told y'all there was a dude that i was interested in and i liked him we were kind of just taking things slow but there was always like this very intense connection between him and i and um, 
we live our lives, and next thing I know, he has a girl, and the girl's pregnant, right? So I knew that once that happened, whatever I was looking for out of him could never be, right? Because I said, like I said in the last episode, there's more things that he needs to worry about now. He has a baby on the way. He needs to worry about that, his family, his now family. Now, we weren't dating. Like, it wasn't like that was my man and he didn't got a whole girl pregnant. So I don't want y'all thinking, damn, girl, you know. But no, it was a person I was interested in and was curious to see what, um, what could, you know, happen. So I decided to take a step back and focus on myself because I was going to do that anyway. But I felt like, you know, let me just take some, some, stuff, some time, excuse me, to leave him alone and let him figure things out. Because I can only imagine how stressful that is to have a kill in the way. I'm not going to be no stressor, you feel me? And not to mention, for what? It's nothing to stress over, you know? Because it's not going to change what it is. I don't want to explore nothing on that level. He got shit he's doing, so it's kind of like it's no need to even have that kind of energy. So, I realized that this particular person can actually, um, he still can be some kind of, um, he can still add value to my life just in a different way. Will we be as close as we were or we're getting to? I don't know. But I do know that I can add value to him in whatever way, um, as organically as possible, the same way he can for me. So recently, I was um, actually in the same room with him for the first time um, since, whew, wow, months, over six months, maybe like nine months. And um, when I saw him, he was like a whole different person. And... I didn't really process it in the moment. I was just happy to kind of, you know, be around somebody that I care about, you know? Like, it was good to say, hey, you know what? In spite of everything, I'm happy for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will care about you. I still got love for you. But it's from a different aspect now. Like, you know? Like, he, he you know, the baby's here. He looks different. He's not the same guy that I met. And I know that he'll continue to grow even more as a man, as a father, and as a partner. So it's really interesting to see how much he's grown. And I was happy for that. And I was like, wow. Like, it was a cool interaction. We kicked it for a few hours. Very platonic. Not disrespectful. Not inappropriate at all. And I realized, wow, this is cool. We can actually be good friends. We can still add value to each other's lives again. And it's almost as if whatever that was, how we initially met. I'm not going to say it never happened. But it's it like it's it's a different time. You know what I'm saying? Like the time is now. And I like where me and him stand in the now. Again, going back to, you know, the way things were, I personally don't see it going back that way. And I'm sure he can agree with me. But it feels good to know that even though it that's the case, it can move forward in another direction. So, um, that's a little bit of my tea that I want to share with y'all about how Things actually can happen. I don't be out here just saying fucking regular cliche shit for y'all to listen to and believe me and oh, It's enough of that on Instagram. It's enough of that online. It's enough of that in your household. Like I'm telling y'all, like a lot of shit I say is because I've lived through it or I've been a witness to it. And I don't mind giving y'all examples of that. If y'all were on my social media, y'all know that I either do my lives either once every blue moon or I actually do my lives like back to back to back. I'll binge live, you feel me? And I actually did a live for three hours almost, back to back to back. I was just feeling it. Had a really great day. I kicked it with Pamela's son, you know what I'm saying? Pamela's grown-ass son is one of my favorite um, people ever. We had a good dinner and talked and caught up with each other while I was out here. So, you know, I was just wanting to spread that love on somebody else. I'm a big proponent of paying it forward, especially when it comes to good energy. I feel like if I haven't made someone smile today or sent some good energy anyone's way, whether they know it or not, my day has not been, I can't make peace with it. Like, if you got my workbook, that's one of the questions I ask. If you would like a workbook, you can find it at spiritualhomegirl.com. But, you know, forward slash shop if you're trying to uh, get one. Or you can DM me or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it was cool and I was living and stuff like that. And it was a very great conversation. It was very interactive. I like to interact with people on social media. I'm not one of those people that post a selfie and take my little likes and shit and my hard eyes and move on. No, I want to interact. I want to talk with y'all. If I ask y'all a question on my post or on a blog post, it's because I really want to know you guys' opinion. I always say we can learn from each other. We're all connected. So what do I look like posting some shit that's about connecting with people and not wanting to connect with the way they have something to say? If it's positive and it's, and it's adding to a positive conversation, why wouldn't I, you know? Now, with that being said, my lives were dope. 
I got to connect with some dope people. I am in the process of contacting the Mexican witch, shout out to her, to um, interview her, because she popped in through my live. I have a lot of respect for a lot of women on, um, that I see out here doing their thing from a very cool, um, non, how do I say this? I'm trying to choose my words carefully. No frills, no, it's all about me, no ego serving way. Because it's a lot of shit that comes off like it's supposed to be about we, but it really be about the me. And when I peep it, I stay away from it. I'm, I can be cool with you, like I can be cordial to you, and I can be friendly to you. But when I realize a lot of that shit is about you, in terms of yourself, yourself, like gratification and shit, more. Because I mean, there's a little bit of ego in everything, I believe, to a degree. But when it becomes overwhelmingly ego or overwhelmingly me, I like, I back away from that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know we have our moments, but you can just tell. It comes to a point where people don't necessarily want a following. They want a flock. You feel me? It's different between having a following of people that support you, but there's different between having a flock that just wants to blindly do everything you say because you say it's law. I don't fuck with shit like that. I can't. And maybe, maybe that's just why, maybe that is why I, I kind of low-key have turned away from, um, organized religion because the example I got again because if you heard the Christian conversation episode with Brandon you'll understand that all Christians don't obviously operate that way but the experience I got it just felt that way whether that was the case or not based on my perception that was what it was and after years of that perception I turned away so when I see it online you know I just I turn away from it too it's kind of like nah I'm cool dog I'm cool I'm cool but um but at the time of this episode, and I'm going back to why I'm even saying this with the whole interaction piece. So I realized that as my following gets a little larger, and I don't get hyped up over followers. I really don't. Because I feel like everybody that follow you don't follow you because they fuck with you. I don't know, I don't know why people be, associate poppiness based on followers. And maybe I'm being anti-establishment here. Or maybe I'm just being, you know, pseudo-rebellious. I don't know. But I just can't, I can't, I can't get down like that. Like... Someone has 10,000 followers. What does that mean? What does that shit mean? Like 2,000 followers, 131,000 followers, a million followers. Like that means that there's a million followers that want to know what you're doing. But everybody that wants to know what you're doing don't want to know because they care. Somebody want to check up on you and be competition. Somebody want to check up on you and probably throw you some salt. Somebody may not give a fuck. They're looking to see you fail. And then you have people who actually might care, but they may not care enough to actually interact with you. So it's almost like, again, going back to... My whole thing of, you know, I'd rather have a solid five than a shaky 100. I mean, that's kind of what it is for me. So that's that's why I really don't get, like, super gas over, like, followers and shit like that. I just don't. I respect those that, that fuck with me and they, they reach out and they let me know they like what I do and things like that. We have a great conversation and whatever they do, if it's in line with, you know, with Spiritual Homegirl. Because I've had some drug dealers hit me up. <laughs> trap, trap dudes and, you know, I've had some gang members hit me up. Like, yo, I respect what you're doing. I think it's dope. You know, our, our things may not necessarily align, at least on the surface. You know, there might be some, some mutual beliefs here and there. But, you know, it's cool to, like, interact with different people who, you know, you wouldn't think <laughs> y'all have things in common. But if they do have things that align with what I like, you know, what I am as spiritual homegirl, then I don't mind spreading the word about it. You know, y'all might hit me up and I might leave y'all on scene, right? And if I do that, don't take offense. It's just that that might be an overwhelming time where it's a lot of, it's a lot of pulling. And I'm, I'm not... I'm not perfect and I'm not a superwoman in that aspect to where I can handle my own business, enjoy life offline, and then tend to a, a whole bunch of stuff online. Like, I don't even like to, to scroll on, on my timeline like that because I don't have time. And I don't knock anybody that has the time. I mean, good for y'all. But it's a lot of things I got going on when it comes to, you know, spiritual homegirl as well as just, you know, being me off, off of here, like off of the internet, like moving and, you know what I'm saying? Like, budgeting and spending time with my family and just centering and spending time solo and meditating like stuff like that's important to me so you know when it comes to social media it's last on my list when it comes to priority you know if somebody's going through something then okay it's different like I actually had a girl hit me up and um she was suicidal and I actually dropped what I was doing for her you know what I'm saying so I'm not saying I'm just this whole cold heartless bitch who don't want to respond to y'all she said sometimes I need a break. And that's kind of what I'm on right now. And the cold part is somebody actually responded to me on some shit like, don't get ahead of yourself. You know, you ain't really popping like that. And I'm like, okay. It's always the motherfuckers that shoot and have court shots in my DMs that, that get offended when I do that. 
And I realized that those kind of people I have to ignore. Now, my DMs are generally, generally kind of sort of open. I'm going to probably change that. I'm going to tighten that up real soon um, because I think sometimes those particular people, not saying it's y'all, but those particular people who feel like they can access you and then they want to shoot half-court shots and then throw shade when you don't respond and shit like that, I think people are forgetting that, like, the nature of social media is to be social. And sometimes folks will take advantage of you being social and take that as you being interested in them and things like that. And I understand how that can be, you know, misconstrued, but at the same time, everybody don't roll like that. Everybody don't want to fuck you. Everybody don't want to holler at you because they respond to your DMs. Everybody don't want to be entertained like that. Sometimes a friendly conversation is just that. And that's actually how I get down. And I realize that um, I haven't been attracting a lot of men like that lately, but it's always them little ones that fall through the cracks. <laughs> so, um... That's my DM, I ate this. But going back to the whole thing about spreading love and, and not really coming from a place of competition, right? When I don't, I don't really believe in competition like that because I'm me and you're you and she's her and he's him and they are them, right? Everybody has something about them that makes them unique. Now, one thing my eyebrows do raise at, and I do side as when somebody tries to take your whole blueprint, not because it's your blueprint but because it's almost like how do I say it hmm I heard a quote once and it said if you knew how to create you wouldn't steal and I do believe that to be true it's one thing to be inspired but when your entire get down is literally based off of someone else minus a color minus a word minus a um it's basically the same thing. Almost like Vanilla Ice. If y'all are old enough, some of y'all might be like, I remember some of y'all might be like, who? But there was a singer or rapper, I should say, called Vanilla Ice. He had a song called Ice Ice Baby back in the early 90s. Google this interview if you can. Vanilla Ice, I think, on MCV or Vanilla Ice Under Pressure interview. And Vanilla Ice samples um, Under Pressure by, oh my God, what band was that? Shit. I can't think of it right now. But he samples this band song. And I'm going to be pissed because it's going to come to me once I stop recording. I'm going to be like, damn it. My inner music nerd is like really fighting this right now. Like I'm really like salty that I cannot think of this. But either way, he, um, that doom, 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 He basically took that from this band in their song Under Pressure. And when Vanilla Ice got questioned about him stealing, because I guess he didn't take it with permission. So he says, nah, nah, nah. Mine is different. It's. Mine is, oh no, theirs is ding, 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 He's like, that's theirs. And mine is ding, 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 ding. Did you hear that? That itty bitty thing? It's not the same. And people were like, are you fucking serious, Vanilla Ice? You really just gonna steal that shit and put a ding, 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 and think it's the same? Like, it's not, it's not the same. It is the same. You really took that entire, like, that entire riff and put a clap on it or whatever the fuck. And you, you gonna call it yours? Stuff like that is where I have the issue. And I think everybody, I think these times are low-key desperate. And folks are trying to, I don't know if folks are trying to get on with the fame. I don't know if folks are trying to get on with the money. I don't know if folks are trying to get on thinking this shit is easy. Building a, a I hate to say brand, because I feel like my, my brand ain't my brand. My brand's a public extension of who I am. You're going to get this, whether in person, whether I'm on the phone, whether I'm off the phone, on app, off app, in public, in private. This is me all day anyway. You're going to get the gold teeth if I have them because I keep them in my wallet. You're going to get everything. Hey, y'all. That's how I say I see my grandma. Hey, granny. I said just like that to everybody. If I see you in public, hey, whatever your name is, I'm, that's just me. So to see people, like, constantly do that and kind of, it's just kind of weird. It's weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. Now, one of my partners was like, yeah, well, you know, in this day and age, you know, you could get somebody the blueprint of how you get down. It don't matter because you already had the game because you already got things that you've already done and things you're working on. That is true. But I feel like a part of my platform should definitely be a part of um, encouraging being cool to be you. You ain't got to change your name to be fire. You ain't got to change your personality. You ain't got to change your look. You don't got to change, um, you know, your content, like whatever it is. You don't got to change your friends, your association. If they be rocking with you, don't be out here changing your circle because you're trying to get more on and networking folks. Some folks about to be in your tribe. You out here giving away your tribe to... Oh, it's a helicopter? Okay. 
One big takeaway that's the difference between St. Thomas and Malibu is that Malibu got more shit going on. Ain't, ain't no goddamn helicopter coming across St. Thomas unless it's a seaplane. But even then, the seaplanes don't come like that on the beaches. That's strange. But don't be out here giving away your tribe, like I was saying, to give up you know, people that are more popular or more famous. You know what I'm saying? That's the worst shit you could ever do is switch up your whole sauce to be accepted by other people. Like, who are we? Who are we? We're nobody at the end of the day, you know? And sometimes it might take you longer to be you. It took me longer. But it's satisfying because it's like, yo, I don't have to conform, but I know that the people, like my solid five, like I say, my solid five are really solid. And I really, I fuck with them. I fuck with them heavy. And I always support them the same way they truly support me. Like, you can tell when those, it's levels of support too. And I take all forms of support, but the ones that's like really ride, ride, or die, I'd be crazy not to give them that same support that they give to me. Wow, this is really interesting. I really just saw a windstorm just start like 10 feet from me. Well, maybe 15 feet. It just started right out some sand and low-key hit a circular motion. It started to come over here. I looked at it and it, <laughs> it actually disintegrated. So I guess it was short-lived. Who knows? Because I was actually going right to sit right through it. I was not in the mood. Y'all was going to catch all of this windstorm on air, on record. I'm used to those too. Living in California, I'm used to things like that. Little wind cycles that kind of pop up with sand. I actually was racing this boy. I, when I was younger, I used to race. Because um, I, I used to be really fast running. And I used to be inspired by Flojo, Florence Griffith Joyner. She was a really fly-ass track star. She died about 20 years ago. And she used to have like these really, like, she used to like, have popping-ass hair, long hair, long-ass nails, one-legged track suits, like fire, right? So I used to always race boys to show that, you know, girls can dust their ass if they want to race. The only boy that ever beat me was Sean Walker. He ended up getting signed to, what NFL team was that? I don't remember. Shout out to Sean. But I grew up with him way back in the day. He's the only boy that ever beat me. But um, I raced to this guy. And I remember while I was running, he stopped running. So I'm thinking, I'm going to dust him. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm about to dust your ass by at least halfway. But I didn't realize uh, he stopped to turn around because he was running away from this windstorm that I literally couldn't get away from. Like, this windstorm was to my right, and it was coming towards me. He was to my right, and that's why he stopped. He peeked out his peripheral. And I remember seeing it and being like, fuck that, I'm about to run through it. I don't care. And I remember that, that windstorm caught me. Caught me. All I could see was sand, sand, hawking sand, coughing. <laughs> it was a, it was a trip. I still dusted his ass though. <laughs> so I learned from that day. If you see danger, run. Like if it looks like it's an impending danger, don't keep running forward to save face or to look cool. Stop and get the hell away. Sometimes it's cool to stop. <laughs> oh, it looks like um, the seagulls are here for their feeding. It's a crew of like 20 of them that's just out here wilding on the shore right now. And now they're all going to their their perch. I guess the people watching look down on us and judge. <laughs> I'm just messing. I really hope I can get to the Animal Conservatory out here. They have one out in Silmar, which is 20 minutes um, past, like I guess, like Encino. And they have um, tours where you can like pet fennec foxes, which I've been obsessed with since I was like 16. If you ever seen a fennec fox, they look like cute little dogs, but with big old ears. Big old ears. Cone-looking ears. So adorable. And they have uh, sloths. You can touch a two-toed sloth. They also have, like, snakes and lizards and owls. And I love tiny owls. They have a tiny owl out there, too. I'm no stranger to holding owls, but I, I, love, I would love to hold a fennec fox. That's been on my bucket list for a very, very long time. See, I have another week here. Over a week. I hope to get that done very, very soon. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. So, last thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about the importance of grounding. And I want to talk about how it's important to do it your own way. I may or may not have touched on it, but not in this way. We all are looking for something to hold on to, right? And this is a conversation I had with um, with a lot of my partners, actually. We all are looking for something to hold on to, whether it be spiritual ideals, religious ideals, personal beliefs and, and disciplines and mantras and um, codes of ethics. But make sure whatever you do is true to you 
and it's true to you being comfortable and happy on the journey. And I say that because I used to try to adopt other beliefs and other ethics that did not make sense because of the tradition or because it might have worked for someone else or because it's, it's tested and true for hundreds of years. And I've read a lot of books that say how to move and things like that, but I don't think that it fits everybody. Sometimes you just got to take shit for what it is as information and as a, a way to consider things and kind of do things your own way as long as it makes you happy. Because if you try to do something that doesn't force or just try to do a force that doesn't really um, resonate and you already wasn't all in to begin with, it's not going to stay for long because that's not, it's not something that resonates with you. Energetically, in your whole, like in your what, your DNA, that's, that's what everybody's saying now, DNA and shit. Like if it doesn't resonate, it doesn't resonate. And the more you try to force it, the more it won't work. It's almost like trying to do um, or quit something that you're not ready to do because it's January 1st or you've given yourself this deadline, you might not be ready. Usually, think about it. Like, there's been times where even I've done that. Like, New Year's resolutions, before I stopped celebrating January 1st as the new year, I used to do that all the time. I had my fucking 14 resolutions and shit, be thinking I'd be out here, new year, new me. By February 2nd, we also all the shit be back to what we was on. So I'm saying that to say, basically, you know, when you try to force a change, when you're not really ready, it may not stick as long as you want it to. Now, yeah, it might, it might last 30 days. It might even last a few months. It might last about a year, but long-term like you want it to, it may not. So this is something to keep in mind. Just make sure whatever you do, it's true to you. Whatever ideal it is, whatever it is. And it's okay to be yourself, whether in personal affairs, whether it's in business affairs, be you. I feel like if you gotta switch up your style for somebody, it's probably somebody you don't need to be fucking with no way. You know? Especially women, especially women. I know women, we out here, Everybody talk about these ratios of how, you know, at least straight women. I know some women don't like men. That's cool, you know. And some men might not like chicks. And that's, you know, that's cool. Do your thing. But for a lot of us women that are, you know, that are that identify as straight or <laughs> straight for the most part. <laughs> but, you know, like for some of, some of us out here, like we really be, we out here on a time clock, supposedly. We let society dictate when we should get married. We let society dictate when we should have children. We let society dictate, um... Or, or even other men. We let them dictate what's a queen and, and a goddess and shit like that. We shouldn't let them do that. We should not let men dictate to us how we should be in order to be married. Because my thing is, the first, anytime a man do that shit to me, I'm about to look at them and be like, what are you holding yourself to? And usually men that do that, and I'm not saying that this is in your experience, but in my experience, men that are very restrictive on women and try to give her guidelines of how she should dress, how she should act, and things like that. They're usually the ones that are the worst motherfuckers that, that can't keep their shit together. They're the worst ones. The worst examples. They're like the most fine-dressed-ass messes ever. And I'm like, if you can't govern yourself, you damn sure ain't about to govern me. Fuck out of here. So don't let nobody govern how you operate. And don't let nobody tell you that you ain't good enough for partnership or marriage or motherhood. Because it's a lot of people that's talking about what others can be worthy and might not be worthy themselves. They got, they got some work to do, too. And when I say might not be worth themselves, I'm saying they in no position to talk shit about nobody. Also, make sure in the age of um, documenting, and I have to check myself too, make sure that we don't, or you could, I mean, it's up to you, but just make sure that you're enjoying what you're taking pictures of. Sometimes um, we want to record the moment we forget to live in the moment. And I understand. But it, it took that Prince concert to make me... I went to Prince's last show ever in life at the Fox Theater. Um, and I just remember it didn't really... It, it hit me, but it didn't really click until going to his show and being able to fellowship and kick it with folks. Fellowship, as my grandma say. Able to kick it and bond with people I didn't even know over music. Like, it was literally like a church in terms of... That was the only thing I'd ever experienced that gave me that emotion. Ups, lows, and crying, and joy, and reflective moments of heartbreak. And, you know, he like Prince took you with him on a journey, you feel me? And being able to not have my phone actually was very refreshing, and it made for a very um, more intimate experience, an experience that I know that nobody will be able to... Um, like, it's like, it's personalized the experience. It's my experience. It was, you know... My ride or die. He was there with me. It's his experience. It just makes it more of a, that was our, our thing. Like we all, and those other hundreds of people that was in the Fox Theater, we were able to have that experience together as the members that were there. So it's kind of cool. But also make sure that um, you ain't doing shit for a photo op either. 
Like, I get it. It's cool. But make sure the things that you do is because you want to do them and not because it looks cool when other people see you doing it. So I had to get that off my chest. I know, again, it's nothing wrong with taking photos. Nothing, nothing wrong with documenting the journey. Just make sure that the intent is always pure. When you, I mean, doing it for the gram is real, dog. I've seen articles of people out here spending money, going into credit card debt, taking vacations for Instagram. Like, who the hell are we supposed to be? Like, damn. It, social media addiction is real, dog. It is. And don't ever feel ashamed for closing that app when you need to, too. You feel like you're doing too much? Do what you got to do and get off that bit. Like, the world is going to be there. The world going to keep moving. It ain't going <laughs> to... It ain't go like stop because you ain't tuned in. You know the world keeps turning, it keeps moving on, and things keep happening. And it's okay to, to kind of sit things out sometimes. You know. Also, another thing is my girl Taj. Shout out to Taj, owner of Math Minded Tutoring Services. She's everything. I love her. But um, she actually posted something that's been on my brain for the past few days. All the social injustices, all the killings, um, whether through our brother's hands or through the police's hands. Um, she said that she needs to find a medium between being socially aware and maintaining her sense of peace. And I totally feel her. It's to the point where sometimes after the 10th damn dead body or the 10th video of the same dead body that I see, I have to log out. Not to mention I'll be tightening up my following list very soon because my Explore page, I got a whole bunch of randomness on my Explore page. And I seen that um, with Triple X when he, when he got murdered. I saw that on my Explore page more times than I like. So I got to actually tighten up my lists if we're going to be funky about that. Because, again, I got to keep my peace. And if I'm posting some bullshit, I hope y'all keep y'all peace and get rid of me. If I'm if I'm becoming too much, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I was posting something that just constantly, constantly, constantly didn't resonate with you or didn't fit with you or made you feel a way, I would hope that y'all would sacrifice whatever followers you got or whatever following you have for your peace. This shit ain't that serious, dog. So I'm saying that to say, you know, it's okay to log out and it's okay to remove things off your timeline whether temporarily or permanently, that make you feel shitty. <laughs> like, that really bring you down. Like, that always have you in a, a period of dis, despair and hopelessness. I would hope nobody would take that from any of my posts. Sometimes I do force you to think and self-reflect, which is shitty because no, it's hard looking in the mirror. You can look at everybody else, you know what I'm saying, through your own lens, but looking at yourself in the mirror is actually pretty hard. So that's the only thing that I hope, that's probably the worst it gets with me. I force you to self-reflect and you got to th realize things about yourself that, that you kind of don't want to realize or accept. Hopefully it's to change it or to embrace it, whatever it is. I've gone through it. You know, it's hard. So I understand. But if there's other things on your timeline that you feel are, like, bringing you down, you don't have to put up with that. Feel free to unblock, I mean, to block, <laughs> unfollow, and, you know, log out from time to time. Even delete the app from time to time. I got a friend who goes on a social media break. Um, he has people post for him while he's on break. But he literally goes goes for like 90 days every year. Nobody can tell because it's his friend posts for him. You know, he's a, he's a relatively known guy. But, yeah, sometimes you got to take your uh, breaks to get your peace. Because this shit can be a distraction if you let it. And it can be a mood killer and self-esteem killer as well. So save yourself. Fuck this up. <laughs> so I'm still at Malibu Beach. And I was debating with myself as to whether I wanted to share this with y'all in terms of a beach ritual that I always do. And at first I realized, no, it's sacred. That sacred needs to be just for me. But then I realized, no, because at the end of the day, we are, like I say, always connected. And, you know, you can make it your own thing. But every time I go to the beach, I always say some type of affirmation or a group of them. And these are the ones that have been on my heart. So um, I am enough, or in this case, you are enough. I am happy. You are happy. I'm encouraged. You're encouraged. I am fearless. You are fearless. I am free. You are free. And that was this week's Beach Wisdom Part 2 episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys learned something from it. If you did, hit me up. Let me know what you thought, comments, questions, concerns. You can find me at spiritualhomegirl.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube at Spiritual Homegirl. You can also find me at, um, oh, you also can find me on IGTV. I did my first IGTV episode or video, I guess you want to call it. I basically went over a recipe of how to do my lemon pepper hot wings, but with portobello mushrooms, southern fried style, meaning I double batter mines and I fry them up. So for those who are wondering or have wondered in the past, how do I cook my recipes and, you know, how do I actually cook the food that I've shown on my social media or on my website? 
that's one way you can learn is hopefully it's easy to follow. Um, I literally taped the entire process. It's under 10 minutes. So if you want to check it out, you can definitely check it out on YouTube or on my IGTV. And um, for those who looked at the shirts that they've seen on my social media, my spiritual homegirl, spiritual homeboy, armed with ancestral energy, um, armed with prayer, all the shirts that I have that um, are out. That's definitely on my store. If you want to check it out, it's spiritual-homegirl.myshopify.com. Or you can um, click the link on my Instagram too. It's so easy to follow link. That'll take you straight there. And I do thank those who have been placing their orders. Thank you so much for supporting small business, black business, black woman-owned business. You feel me? That means a lot to me. So I really appreciate it. I'm in the process of planning um, a couple of more events before I cut out and um, make the move over to L.A., and um, I actually was talking to, well, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the surprise yet. I was talking to someone that I've collaborated on the show previously, and I think we might come up with something really fire before I move away. So I'm really excited about that. I want to spill the beans so bad, dog, but I can't. I don't want to ruin the surprise. Um, I know people have been also hitting me up asking me, yo, like there's hella planets in retrograde. How do you feel? As somebody who's done a few retrograde episodes and, you know, someone who at least has an understanding of the stars to, you know, navigate my own life accordingly, I don't feel no way about these planets in retrograde because these planets been retrograding this whole damn time. And the reason why I say that is because all that is, the way I'm looking at it right now in this moment, on what, July 12th? 2018, the way I look at all these retrogrades is it's just a reminder for us to be more mindful and to stop or to slow down. Because usually we get so caught up in our day to day that we just keep going and going and going. And But your ass will stop when you hear about a retrograde, whether you believe it or not, you'll stop to at least process, yo, okay, there's a retrograde going on. And nowadays, a lot of people are actually using it as a sign to say, hey, let me stop and reset or let me be a little bit more receptive versus putting things out or let me be a little bit more um strategic with what I'm doing or let me reassess that this is even what I want to do so I look at retrogrades as just reminders reminders to stop and to kind of again move through things a little bit more discerning and um to take note of how I feel but I mean I low-key feel like there's people that are fortunate enough to have that kind of discipline to do that every day so that's what I mean when I say um, I don't really feel away, like meaning my life ain't over because of these planets retrograding. Like I really would not like that type of mindset to be. I know that it sounds great and it's great for entertainment's sake, but please don't let that spell out a horrible few months or a few weeks for Mercury retrograde or don't let it automatically cast a shadow over your life. Because you don't have to accept that. You can just take oh, take a note. Oh, okay, let me slow down for a little bit. What else is going on? We got an upcoming event I'm really excited about. But I'm going to wait to actually do that. In terms of, I, I can't even, I don't know if I can even share an official date. I can't even do that either. Goodness. There's also some other things I'm working on that I can't wait to share with you guys too. I'm so excited. I, it's a lot of things that I can't share right now. It's like, I've, I'm really, well, I'm still doing the make peace of the day pop-up shop for aromatherapy. I'm still doing that. I can at least share that. But when I say it's some really great things that I know is, is great for personal enrichment, as well as helping with spiritual homegirls platform, like I'm really, really excited. And I just can't share right now. But as soon as I get the word, I will let you guys know. So, <laughs> But I'm just really grateful. And again, I'm still on the stage of being uncomfortable. But I have gotten a lot of great lessons and I met a lot of great people through this phase. And I would not have gone through it any other way. And I would not have regretted anything that's happened. So um, blessings do come from uncertain times. And I say that a lot because it needs to be said over and over we always tend to think that things have to be constantly on the up and up. And if it ain't all good, then it's all bad. And that's not the case. It can be a mix of both. That's what life is about. I think life is about balance and consistency. Consistently learning how to balance. <laughs> if we being wanted. But, but yeah, that's what I wanted to share with you guys. Just 
if you're in a really shitty part of your life, there's something that can be appreciated. Even the smallest things. Find the smallest things to be grateful for. I mean, I know it sounds cliche. Change your vibration and then things will attract. Low key, that's one way of looking at it. But, you know, there's always something to be grateful for. You can agree or disagree. But that's what I believe. But that's about it, y'all. I did not want to make this a super long episode. But I just wanted to, you know, give some encouragement to those who are willing to receive it. But with that being said, this has been another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl. My name is Maria. And remember, trust the journey and trust yourself. Peace. Thank you.